Good to have you with us once again here at Backwoods Theology. We are in the backwoods. Uh, the recording may sound a little bit different. We are at a remote location. Uh, literally remote being defined as away from our normal location, but remote as well. We are off the beaten trail, uh, but we still wanted to be able to come to you. I do realize that it has been um, perhaps a few weeks since we have had an episode come out to you. It's just as we mentioned again, it's summertime and the three of us are busy preachers. We're busy dads and family and uh, lots of things have happened. So uh, we're coming back to you once again. We're glad to be here with you and just, I don't know, I'm just excited to be with these guys again. How about yes, you? Yes, very thrilled to be here. And um, I just like technology and the fact that we might not be able to be in the same normal location right but um here we are doing this again so yeah excited because we're away from the studio we're doing the best we can with what we have but chad has set us up really nicely here and right we have turned a <laughs> basically a hotel room into our studio mattress <laughs> mattresses up against the walls trying to create some deadness we again prepared for about 60 seconds or so about uh, what we were going to talk about today. We are going to be getting back to the Giants, um, but we are away from home, and, and I know my notes that I have are back home with me, with, uh, without me. I'm without my notes right now. Um, but um, our topic today that we're going to talk about, I think, is something that's kind of come up in discussion with church folks and different things, and that is... Um, the reference in, well, we're specifically going to be looking at uh, Jude, the epistle of Jude, and verse 9. Verse 9. So, Chad, why don't you read that for us and just talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Jude 9 says, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses... I should read, let me start over on that so I get the emphasis right. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. So probably the first thing we should do is establish context. Right. Right. And what it is that Jude is instructing these believers to do. Because specifically, Jude is about contending for the faith, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. he, he was going to write to them about the common salvation, but found it necessary to write to them as it pertains to writing, uh, pertains to contending for the faith. So he is, um, verse 8, I guess you have to, really, how far back do you have to go? Right. It's, it's really the whole book. I mean, you can't. Yeah. But keep going. Well, as he's dealing with how we should contend right how we should contend i think there is there is a caution and the caution is how michael contended with the devil over this matter of the body of moses now the purpose of the study because we got a listener question and then we were discussing this at three o'clock in the morning i think <laughs> on the ride down is why is it that there was this contention between Michael, the archangel, and the devil over the body of Moses. So that's the question we're driving at yeah. today. Why? Why this contention over the body of Moses? Well, um, 
don't know which one of you want to start here. Uh, I think it's important. I mean, this is a short epistle. It's. I was going to joke as I got started. Okay, it's Jude chapter three. I like to do that with our mm -hmm. folks all the time, and it's about thirty seconds before you hear people realize that I'm, you know, fooling them with a chapter. There's, That's right. There are twenty-five verses to the epistle of Jude. Um, Brother Chad just mentioned um, perhaps the desire of the penman mm -hmm. of what he wanted. Um, but in, he was referencing verse three, mm -hmm. where it says, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. I, I always think it's important when we enter into a book, we think to, that I think to myself, okay, whose mail am I reading? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, this is an epistle. Yes. This is written to saved people. But when Jude says beloved in verse three, um, do we have to stop for a moment and say, it's like when Paul in the book of Romans says, brethren, is he referring to fellow Jews? Is he referring mm -hmm. to fellow saints? To whom is he writing? Um, that I believe this epistle is obviously written unto the saved, but it's directed towards the Jews, the, those Jews that have... Uh, to saved Jews. Now, do we as a, you know, do we as saved Gentiles, do we benefit from this? Is it written to the church? Yes. But you'll notice that much of the epistle is about the history of the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. um, it starts off, you know, very, very quickly setting the, the tone for the epistle. Um, where he gives much um, about, I mean, right in verse five, he's talking about having, you know, bringing them out of the land of Egypt. So he's not giving the history of the church. He's giving the history of the nation of Israel here. So I think that's important to what I, I have a reason. I'm not saying it's right. I have a reason why the body of Moses, there's contention about the body of Moses. And I believe understanding that this is written with a Jewish, flavor, I guess you would mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. as opposed to strictly just about the church. I think that's important to determine. Well, Paul's the the Gentile apostle. Jude is not. You know what I mean? Correct. And so the writings of the apostle Paul would be a writing to, a, to the church. There, okay, can I clarify? We all know, okay, the listener knows, these are the words of God. Right. Okay? When we say the writings of Jude or Paul or Peter or whatever, we know that when we say those things, it's just because those were the human penmen that God chose. These are all the words of God. And these words in Jude, which I agree with Brother Wiley on this, is that, yes, they would be penned by a Jewish man to Jewish people um, based on the, the literary approach to the script, to this book, if that makes sense. You're, and, and you're accounting, you're mentioning the history that is really what Jude is dealing with on his way to verse 9. Because he talks about saving the people out of the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Well, that's clearly Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, verse 5, he, he puts them in remembrance. So he's pointing them, like you said, to their own nation's history. So God judged, God destroyed them that believed not, verse 5. 
He then refers to the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He has them reserved unto judgment. In verse 7, he judged Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. Okay, so do you, do you think, Brother Wiley, that he is laying the foundation, almost a, look, you know, I'm going to write to you about contending for the faith, yet remember, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. This book is full of judgment. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going to, uh, you can see verse 11, he mentions three, um, three men who were judged mm -hmm. by God severely. Mm -hmm. um, you then, uh, of course, the judgment of the flood is, um, you know, if you wanted to know what Enoch prophesied of, you see in verse number four, Without Jude 14, we might not realize that Enoch was a prophet, mm. but he was. Mm -hmm. He prophesied of the flood. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that. Now, you can go back into Genesis and say, well, where did he prophesy of the flood? Well, keeping with, with the judgment to verse 15, to execute judgment. I mean, mm -hmm. that is the, the subject matter Correct. that Jude is pointing out. So, so it's definitely about judgment. Much of it is about judgment that has already taken place. Mm -hmm. But I believe the premise of verse number nine, as well as there's going to be other references in this chapter, it's about judgment to come that even in our day has not yet come. And so I, so the reason why we're going through all of this is that it's important. You just can't go to verse number nine and pretend to know what verse number nine is talking about you have to consider the letter in its entirety and contending for the faith knowing that judgment is coming and i believe um you know verse five is speaking of past judgment verse six is speaking of past judgment verse seven is speaking of past judgment then we go down into uh, verse 11 is speaking of past judgment. Mm. Um, 14 is speaking of past judgment. And I don't know whether I'm right here, but I believe verse number 9 is also speaking about judgment, but it's speaking of judgment that is to come. Um, is what the contention over the body of Moses is about. So... What else do you want to talk about before we get to that? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we should ask questions like, you know, where, you know, where is the body of Moses? And why would the devil have interest in the body of Moses? Mm -hmm. And um, so let's, let's start there. Like Moses, when is it that Moses died? Well, that'd be the last, last few verses of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Okay. So let's you turn there. Excellent. So we're going to look at the death of Moses, um, which is, I think, Deuteronomy 34. It's the very last, very last chapter of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy is about the second giving of the law. It's not the second. The, the prefix dut, D-E-U-T, means second or two. Yeah. And so this is the second, not the second law. It's the second giving of the law. Remember, 
the first generation of Israel that the law was given to. They all died. They're all dead. Yeah. Well, this is now the next generation about ready to enter the land. And God gives this next generation the law. So that is what the book of Deuteronomy is about. The very last chapter we see, um, and I don't know whether we talked about this on a podcast. This may be a, a whole podcast and stuff. Did we talk about how Moses actually died? I, I believe a particular how Moses actually died. He didn't die of old age. No, we know that he just based climbed on... A he just climbed a mountain. We know that based on verse 7. Right. His eye was not dimmed nor his natural force abated. He was he was not struggling. No. As a 120-year-old. No. And he just he just climbs a mountain yeah. here. Yeah. So he's not dying of natural causes. Um, just very quickly, I believe God answered his request. This goes all the way back to the book of Exodus when Moses said, show me thy glory. And what was God's response to that? No man can see me and live. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I just believe God showed him his glory. What does it say in verse 10? And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses. And what, what's the description? Right. Whom the Lord knew face to face. So God just showed him his face. Yeah. And what a way to die. That's just personally how I believe That's, Moses' life ended. Again, I'm not going to foam at the mouth with anybody. No, but it's a cool thought. So it just, is. Just, okay, so I can spit this back. You believe the way that Moses died was that God showed him his face, which killed him. Mm -hmm. And that's how he died. Correct. Huh. That's what I believe. That's cool. I put it this way. God just answered his request. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Remember, mm. Moses wanted that. He wanted yeah. that when he was yeah. on Sinai. He wanted that. Right. And yeah. God wouldn't wouldn't do it yeah um and i just believe god did it here yeah can we do a little side that's, that's a little fantastic. side yeah. shoot here have you ever studied the face of god mm -hmm. that's amazing. here the yeah. face is mentioned well the face is mentioned in verse 10 yeah well the relationship of the face of god to those who know him and those who don't those that know him desire it mm -hmm. those who do not know him flee from it if you turn to romans uh, not romans revelation 6 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the seals oh i know you're going with that. yeah first let's look at the relationship of men who do not know god and their desire to hide from the face of god the Bible says in Revelation 6, 16, it says, and said, now verse 15 says, this will be kings, great men, rich men, captains, mighty men. But in verse 16, it says, and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us specifically from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. Well, now turn to Revelation 20. Revelation 20. The Bible says, verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Compare that with... 
Okay, so that's the relationship of those who do mm. not know God about the face of God. Compare that with Psalm. Uh, it's like 69, maybe. Forgive me, I, I wasn't planning to go here. But it's such an no, awesome good. truth. It's Psalm 67. Psalm 67 says this. These are those who believe mm -hmm. on God. Mm -hmm. God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine, shine upon, upon us. us. And there's this kingdom word, sila. So we see at the beginning of the kingdom, at the great white throne, those who do not fear God, they're going to flee from his face. The Bible says there will be no place will be found from the, from the face of God. But for those that are his, the Bible says that they will desire that his face shines Shine upon them. on them. Mm -hmm. So I just believe back in Deuteronomy 34 and verse 10, you know, the reference to the face there, that God just showed him his face. And at that age, man could not see. Remember, Moses had specifically requested that. Mm -hmm. Show me thy glory. And so anyway, that's just a, this is what I believe. Um, he obviously didn't die because his heart failed him, I don't think. Right. Yeah, yeah. He just died because God just granted his request. Well, and, and to support that verse 7, that Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, mm -hmm. so no cataracts, no, right, yeah. right? nor his natural, natural force, force abated. Which I think, I'm not sure it's the exact same wording, but Caleb uh, says something similar when Joshua, it comes to... Uh, it's like 14. Yeah, 13, 14. Right. You know, he says, I'm as strong now as I was mm -hmm. you know, when and we you know first what? entered the land. I say that, that I think to sure. myself. No, sure. I'm not saying that's not true. But I like to think, you know, I like to think I can still do what I used sure. to do. Uh, but obviously... Caleb proved it because he went and killed the sons of Anak. Right. So right. <laughs> I can't prove that I can still do what I used to. Right. You kind of have to wonder if, if, you know, and this is <clears throat> a side issue, but did Moses write his own, you know, his own obituary, if you will, you know, the end of Deuteronomy? I do. Yeah. Yes. There's, there are people that will tell you, uh, commentaries, not people. Well, people, commentaries are people. You know what I mean? That Joshua wrote it? Yeah, the Joshua penned Deuteronomy 34. Yeah. And, but my but then he'd know where Moses was buried. Yeah, exactly. So my thoughts to the, the whole Bible thing. But the Bible in verse 6 says been, that no man knoweth. My thoughts mm -hmm. that, well, yes. So, but is Joshua penning that saying, you know, I don't even know where it's at. These are the words of God, not the words of Joshua or the words of Moses. Mm -hmm. But I do believe Moses penned this knowing. He, he went up to the mountain knowing he was not coming back down. So God God ended. I don't want to say God killed him. It sound right. But he died mm -hmm. on that mountain. But then the Bible says that he buried him. Right. He Which, being the Lord. God buried, buried Moses. Right. Right. There I was think no it's the funeral only, procession. There was nothing. Is this not the only record where it says, and I know there's plenty of times where God judges the remains of men, mm -hmm. but is this the only instance where God cares for the remains? God himself. I know with the body of Christ, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea cared for, cared for the remains. Sure. Is this the only instance that you can think of where God cared for the remains? 
of someone when they died. Well, and it's not just it's not just a, a quick burial. There is a sepulcher in verse six. You know, the Bible says that no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto mm-hmm. this day. So a sepulcher is not just a hole in the ground. Hmm. You know, it is prepared for the purpose of burying the body, you know, preserving hmm. the body. So what do you, go ahead. It's very generic, a valley in mm-hmm. the land of Moab. Yep. So we still don't know where it's at. We're not supposed to know. The Bible right. says that. Um but it is, like you mentioned, the word sepulcher is mentioned for a reason, because this isn't just, we'll just stick them in there. It's yeah. a prepared place mm-hmm. uh, for a body. And this isn't poetic language. No, no, no. You know, that no. Moses died on a mountain and he's, you know, God buried him somewhere. Up, up there. <laughs> We're in Georgia, so I think that affects our... Up there. Up there. Well, it does say valley, so he wasn't even buried on the mountain he died on. That's a good point. So the body had to be moved. Yeah. The body was, he did not die on the mountain. Oh, I mean, he was, sorry. He died on the mountain, but he was not buried on the mountain. He died in the land of Moab, the yep. Bible says in verse 5. Yep. And um, he was buried he, in he a is, valley. That's complete opposite location than a mountain in the land of Moab. He was at the top of Pisgah, mm-hmm. verse 1, that is over against Jericho. God yeah. showed him the land. And again, this is supernatural sight. I don't believe. I don't you, believe from that point you, you can, can see, all see yeah. verses one and two and three. You can't see all of that. God gave him supernatural. So not only did he not have cataracts, <laughs> sure, sure. God gave him supernatural vision. Yeah, in the same way that would you say it's similar when <coughs> it's different, but when Satan showed That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, to mm-hmm. all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment of time. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, from yeah. one point. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Which mm-hmm. is even. Well, that's even greater. This is just the land of Israel. Satan is showing all the kingdoms of the earth. Right, right. Yes. Okay, so Moses dies. God buries him. Okay. So so now... Again, he moved the body. He moved, relocated the body. Relocated the body. It's in a sepulcher. Okay, so it's in a prepared place, not haphazard. So now we come to Jude, which Jude is going to be written, you know, well over a thousand years later. And we find out that there is a disputation, a, a contending. A co- actually, the right word is contending. It says contending with the devil, he disputed. Right. So both words are used. Mm-hmm. But there is a contention there. You were going somewhere, I'm sorry. Well, I guess the question, questions we have to ask is, we know that Michael is contending with the devil. So in the midst of that contention, he disputed against the body of uh, disputed about rather the body of Moses so the question is is he in verse 9 of Jude is the antecedent of he the devil or is it Michael the archangel and I would say the antecedent is the devil the devil disputed do you follow yes you have to figure out does the article refer to the devil or Michael the archangel because if you look at the rest of the verse, you see, well, I don't know, maybe not, because it says he durst not bring against him a railing There's accusation. There's lots of pronouns there that I think, point back the right I way. I think the he, for he disputed, is Michael. Okay. In the grammatical sense. Gotcha. Because you're if you're right. reading Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, right. he disputed. Right. So the he there would be a reference to, the, the antecedent to he would be Michael. Okay. Then the, Grammatically. Then the him... Durst not bring against him 
a railing accusation. The him points back to... Boy, that's tough. Are you, you asking? Have, or either, I'm asking. Oh, well, oh. it's either Moses. Moses. You only have three persons in this. You have the devil, Moses, and Michael. So the subject matter is Michael. Okay. Because so. Michael, when contending, so Michael's doing the contention. Correct. Michael's doing the disputing. Michael durst not bring against Michael him. Michael durst not bring against him. The devil. Right. That, believe, that's my reading. Yeah. I believe the him there is the it's devil. the devil. Right. Yes. But right. said, so this is what Michael says to the devil, the Lord rebuke thee. Okay. Now the reason why I believe that is that an authority that Michael himself does not have the authority to bring an accusation to the devil. Mm -hmm. But the Lord obviously has the authority. Has the authority. And that's mm -hmm. why that's why he says at the end, the Lord rebuke thee. I may not have the authority mm -hmm. to bring you a railing accusation. Would one, put, said, would one put Michael and the devil on equal footing? Is that what you're saying? Right. I, I mean, as far as in the in the creation. Well, they're not on equal footing because you know the devil's the anointed cherub. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's what you're saying. If you're honoring the idea of principalities and powers and there being structure mm -hmm. and authority, then Michael is not going to clap back, if you will. Would this be a time to discuss Michael a little bit? Yeah, because and what, who he is. Sure. He's called a prince, but he's not called the prince. Mm -hmm. um, he's called believe, obviously an archangel. I believe right Michael. Here. This is Daniel, wasn't it? Daniel 10. Yes. I think Michael is referenced three times or two, two or three times. And it's very interesting what is said of him. Um, now, we are all doing our little, uh, we've got our Bible app. <laughs> and we type in Michael. Now you will, on my Bible app, it will come up 15 results. But I think 12 of them, there's a man named, there's more than one man named Michael. Correct. Just a normal human. You don't have the angelic person, Michael, till the book of Daniel. Right. right. Daniel 10. Daniel that's what I have. So yes. Michael is Daniel, Jude, in Revelation. Mm -hmm. So there's four. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. four references. Um, no? Yeah, da yeah. Daniel. There's what? Daniel 10. Daniel 12. There's two references in Daniel 10 from Michael. Mm -hmm. One in Daniel 12. Of course, what we're reading in Jude 1. And then the war in heaven, Revelation 12. What's interesting is all three times in Daniel, he's called a prince. Right, that's what I was... But yeah. notice, he's called a prince. For instance, Daniel 10, 21, um, he is called your prince. In Daniel 13, he is called one of the chief princes. 10, 13. Oh, 10, 13. 10, yep. 13. So, so there are more than one, but Dan Michael would be the... He's specifically, to, I believe, the prince to the nation of Israel. Right. Well, he is their prince. Look at Daniel 12, 1. And at that time shall Michael stand called up. something else. The great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. Right. So that he's the prince for the nation okay. of Israel. Okay, is this wrong to say we have the term guardian angel, which I do not believe is a biblical term. I agree. When we think of guardian angel... Would this be? I mean, Michael's Michael is used of God 
for the defense of Israel. Correct. I mean, can, can we come to that conclusion just reading just sure. just very quickly these sure. verses? Yeah, I, I I think we can. Which which lends you know because every time you see him, he's fighting something. Right. Right. Even in Revelation twelve, which yeah. is what. Israel and the birth of their Messiah and the dragon has come and you see that Michael is there and the Bible says fought against the dragon right he, he, Michael's I mean he you don't is, want to mess with this he guy. is the prince yeah. the the guardian prince of the nation of Israel I believe is what these verses are telling us mm-hmm. which is different than you know you have Gabriel which seems more of a administrative role <laughs> well yeah he is heralding something sure. he's coming because you'll notice um gabriel works in communications my dad always <laughs> called him the messenger angel yeah. he's always just coming to give a message does michael have any interaction with men he helps the angel uh-huh. in daniel ten thirteen, but michael himself does not come to daniel no, the angel This does. angel that is helped by Michael sure. comes to Daniel. But to use a military illustration, you know, the general is at, at central command hmm. giving orders you know, to his troops, but he himself is not doing the thing. Do you think there's a similar comparison? There has to be some type of hierarchy amongst the heavenly hosts. But, you know, these are the days when the kings go forth into battle. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he'd be one in, in the front lines. Charge yeah. forward. Sure. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? right, right, right. Well, also, we see in all three instances Daniel, Jude, and Revelation, we have Michael defending the plan of God. And the Ooh, devil the yeah. devil is the devil is trying to um, hinder the plan of God, and Michael he defends it in Daniel, he defends it in Jude, and he's going to defend it in Revelation. But the plan of God specifically for a group of people. Correct. The for plan a of nation. God for, for the nation of Israel. Right. That, so, that, I think, is so important for the book of Jude. And that's going to help us for yes. our verse that we're studying. Yes. Is that verse 9, he has a plan for his people, which involves Moses. Yes. We, we think of Moses as past tense. Moses plays another role. And so that is God's plan for Israel, and the devil wants to hinder that, just like he tried to hinder the Messiah from coming, just like he tried to hinder them from taking the land in in, uh, Numbers. Mm -hmm. The devil wants to hinder the work of God through his people, and so one of those ways involves Moses in verse number 9. But Michael comes to prevent this hindering of the devil from God's plan. So Against I, I, the body of Moses. So what did mm. we just do there, just quickly? What I, the reason I do so many word studies is because, so we just did a word study on Michael. Look for every time Michael is used. And I'm looking for patterns, I'm looking for commonalities. And so the commonality that I see Michael is identified as the prince, the guardian prince of the nation of Israel. And every time I see him, he's defending God's plan for God's people, Israel. Mm -hmm. I do not not see that Michael is listed as the guardian angel of the church. Mm -hmm. It's always specifically Israel. Um, Is he not always fighting the devil? Yes. He's not just fighting anybody. Right. He's always fighting the devil. 
Every time you see him. Because who is he fighting in? Who hindered the angel in Daniel, the prince of Persia? Prince right? of Persia, right. Yep. right. Who we know that Michael helped this angel. Mm-hmm. So we know the prince of Persia is not speaking of a mere man. Sure. A man mm-hmm. is not going to hinder an angel from right. Right. coming into Daniel. So right. this is principalities, powers that's being dealt with. Mm-hmm. So now that we've established that, any other... Because in my mind, once I've established that, I can now come to Jude 9 with these thoughts. Okay. Michael and the devil, once again. So there must be some plan that God has for the nation of Israel. The devil is trying to hinder. Michael is protecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's specifically about Moses. It involves the body of Moses. And not the law of Moses. No. His His body. His body. Right, right. Because his... This is an attack on the scripture. Specifically his his body. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, I was thinking, my my brain's going all over the place, but I was thinking um, when Judas Iscariot, Mm. right, when he, there comes a moment, I believe, where the Bible says that the devil entered in him. Is that Mm. correct? Mm -hmm. Can we look? That's correct, right? So, So the devil entered into the body of Judas Iscariot to accomplish a purpose. Are you looking that up, Josh? I am. So we you keep going. It's Luke twenty two three, is it? So the concern would be Luke twenty two three. Man. There's two times the Bible says Satan entered. And John thirteen twenty seven. Okay. So Satan entered legitimately says, then entered Satan into Judas. Okay. And so he then is making use of his body (laughs) to accomplish a purpose. So then would you say we would that would support the idea that the devil's contention or his end is to take hold of possession of the body of Moses to and use it for his own end Correct. and prevent God from using destroying it for Moses's end. body if that I mean you know what I mean right. he's not trying to uh, I don't know, do you think he would destroy it or he would use it let's just say the earth is already destroyed again yeah there's, what, n- there's nothing left of it so what's he finding what, what's he disputing over about this body. I mean, you know what I mean? The I, bones. I know organs. what my answer is, is that, but I, I think the conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. in the beginning there, All right. All right. why did they seal the tomb of Christ to prevent him from... Oh, from decay. No, they sealed it to... Oh, 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 oh from being stolen. From being stolen, yeah. They're, Satan is trying to prevent the resurrection, okay. or at least from man believing. He can't... Remember... They already had their plan. Notice their plan was not to deny the death of Christ. No, nobody who witnessed that mm-hmm. would possibly think that Jesus didn't die. Mm-hmm. Remember, they not only sealed the tomb, but if you go back, they yeah. already planted the seed that, well, to keep his disciples from claiming the body was stolen. They were mm-hmm. already preparing to, to, for the disciples they're going to steal his body and then start preaching. Right. That he so they the already had their narrative. Yeah. yeah. But you notice the narrative was about the resurrection. It wasn't mm-hmm. about the death. Mm-hmm. We see that in 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul says, I preach unto you the gospel. And then it's the death, burial, and resurrection. He gives evidences for the resurrection. He was viewed by this person. He was viewed. He didn't give any evidence to the death of Christ. Oh. Because it's not needed. No one would have witnessed that and think that Christ survived. So I believe it's the same here in Jude 9. 
that the devil is trying to hinder the resurrection of Moses' body. So the question is, when will Moses be resurrected? Is that the question? Yes. Because okay. can I say something quickly? This is, he will be. Because there, there is a plan Moses, for Moses bodily for the nation of Israel. We know after Deuteronomy, we do see Moses again in form right uh, before his resurrection. Correct. Before to, his death or anything. So, so we see Moses on the mountain of transfiguration with Christ. To the point that even Peter says, I mean, I mean, they, they recognize right. this is Moses and Elijah. They knew, yeah. they yeah. knew who it they was. They knew who yeah. it was. Right. Okay. Um, Peter didn't have, you know, iPhones or a Kodak to see a picture of Moses and know what he looked like. Right? Am right. I? Am I? Am I? Stupid and Moses in my did not have an Instagram. No. So there's no way to know. <laughs> Boy, but, then I have a hard job believing Peter could have. But then, but then he sees it and he knows who it is. No, he had a hello, my name is Moses sign. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> <on his> robe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, distracted. Hello, my name yeah. is Moses. Hello, my name is Moses. But, but Peter didn't know who they were. Both of them. Moses and Elijah. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. So That's why I believe when we're glorified, we're not only receiving a perfect body, there's a changing to our intellect as well, our so mind. this figure in front of the Apostle Peter and James and John. This this figure is this the body of Moses on a physical. You know what I mean? Not like or okay. is he? You get what I'm saying? I'm just they're, I'm they're, throwing in questions. They're, they're in their glorified state. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, so I guess they're seeing the glorified image of Moses and Elijah. Yet the body of Moses. Mm -hmm. And that time is still buried somewhere in Moab. Correct. Okay. Okay. So when is the body of Moses resurrected? And when does that happen? What is the purpose? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking. Revelation 11 mm -hmm. is when it is... Revelation 11 is very key. First, remember Jesus in Luke 21 mentioned the time of the Gentiles in Luke 21, which is different than the fullness of the Gentiles. Those are two separate things. Fullness of the Gentiles is mentioned in Romans 11. Yes. In Luke 21, Christ references the time of the Gentiles. Where Revelation 11.2 gives us the exact time when the time of the Gentiles ends, comes to an end, in Revelation 11.2. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. So at the end of that forty and two months is when the time of the Gentiles comes to an end. Well, not saying that, okay, at that time is when verse 3 comes, because the, the issue I believe that people have with understanding the book of Revelation is they think that it's a linear line, which it is not. Mm. Um, 
the book of Revelation is all commentary on itself. So it's not this big, long, linear line. That's why when somebody tries to put it in a linear line, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's because it's not the way it's given. But notice verse number three. He says in verse two that power of the Gentiles is given to a particular point. But at that same time, during that same time, God also gives power unto my two witnesses mm. in Revelation 11.3. Boy, this brings up so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just do a... My good friend Scott Cottle, he does something what he calls a bump and run, where he'll just bump something and then run. <laughs> Question. If the church is still upon the earth, who according to Acts 1.8, are God's witnesses upon the earth, but ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utmost part of the earth. If the church is still upon the earth during the time of Revelation, like those who believe in the pre-wrath theory, what's the need to raise up witnesses? Mm -hmm. Why does God have to raise up witnesses mm -hmm. if there's still witnesses upon the earth? Mm -hmm. The whole reason why God has to raise up witnesses upon the earth is because the church, as his witness, has been taken it's away. Out. It's gone. Mm -hmm. So he raises up two witnesses. Notice, they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, which I believe is the 42 months, the three and a half years. Is that front end or back end? Um, I believe that this is when, I believe they come onto the scene when the beast is revealed. So the back end. I believe it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? You can say, we'll discuss that another time in a future podcast. Well, I believe their signs and wonders are to combat the signs and wonders of the Antichrist. The Antichrist. Right. right. So that's why I believe it's the, the back half. It's because of that. Um, now, verse 4 tells us that these two are a fulfillment of prophecy. Verse 4, this is the mystery revealed mm -hmm. from Zechariah 4. Mm -hmm. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Well, that's referred to Zechariah 4. Um... Zechariah 4 talks about these two candlesticks. Um, that's Zechariah 4, verses 2 and 3. Also, verse 11, 12. Um, these, these candlesticks are filled with oil, which I just believe that means that they can be filled with the power of God. They can mm -hmm. be filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I believe you can prove biblically. You know, there's great debate. Now, let me first mention who I've heard lots of teaching on this. I believe the Bible is very clear who these two witnesses are. They are both men who have once lived on the earth. And I have, I think, three or four biblical reasons why I believe who they are. I don't think anyone... Well, no... I've talked with one man who believes that these are James and John, and he goes to a 
passage of, and this is someone we both know, all three of us know, that believes it is James and John who are these. And he brought up an obscure passage of scripture, which I can't remember. Um, But primarily, all I've ever heard, now nobody I've, well, besides this one man, denies that one of them is Moses. Right. Or, Or Elijah. Well, no. There are many that I've talked with that just feels it has to be Enoch. Uh, no, forgive me. You're right, John. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've talked with many who believe that this has to be Elijah and Enoch. Yes. Because those are the two men who have not seen death. They're going to be killed. The Bible says in Hebrews, mm-hmm. it's appointed unto man who wants to die. So Elijah and Enoch have to die. Well, then I always bring up the point. Well, what about all the men who've died twice? Like Lazarus. Like Lazarus. Unless Lazarus is somewhere on the earth and is 3,000 years old or 2,000 years old, he had to die a second time. I have a question, though, about that. Okay. And this is probably maybe a bump and run. But remember at the resurrection of Christ that there is also a resurrection of saints as well. True. Okay. The and graves open. Correct. That was that right. was actually the death of Christ. Right. It wasn't his resurrection. Well, it's actually when the graves were opened. I, I it says that at his death. At his death. I know. Right. I know that, but he. I, I struggle with that because the Bible says he's the first fruits. So to me, it would seem like that is that is commentary and maybe not linear. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, okay. I, I see okay, that point. So I wrestle okay. that. But did those people who were resurrected? Right when the graves were opened, did they have to die again, or when he ascended, did they also ascend with him at that time? Do you follow? Well, there are also those who are raised from the dead after the ascension of Christ. Sure, Paul raised what Paul, was his name. Paul, that kid that fell asleep in right, church sure. uh, the window. Right, Eutychus. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So there's at least Paul was raised. I believe, I believe, Paul, I believe, I believe Paul, died. Paul died when he was stoned. Okay. Yeah. And perhaps that's when he went to the third heaven, mm-hmm. when he was stoned. Um, but All right, so I Lazarus died, died. Right. So Lazarus. So I believe, twice. you know, I I think the first record of someone being raised from the dead is Elijah raised the widow's son. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been yeah, and he would have had thousand years mm-hmm. before Christ. Okay. okay. Um, so I believe. Um, Boy, this is. Yeah, well, I don't want to get mired in the mentality, but I right. see that. that no, you know, I think that's more. Happen. I think that's more discussion. You know, I, I can see your point. But, but that these are all combatants against the argument that it has to be Enoch and Elijah because right. it was appointed the man wants to die. Well, well I think what it's about, about the guy that died twice. I yeah, think right. that's yeah. the natural law. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, it's also the natural law. But see, God can enter into the law that He's established at any time. The exception that proves the rule. Right. Yeah. I mean, who is what manner of man is this that the winds and the waves obey Him? That God, that's what a miracle is. That's right. God steps into what is established and does what he wants to do. That's right. Um, so, but for multiple reasons, you know, one reason perhaps which is not given here is all the references that Christ makes to the law and the prophets. Upon this hang all the law and the prophets. If you look at that phrase, law and prophets, law and prophets, it's mentioned all through the teachings of Christ. And it's no dispute who represents the law. 
Right. But I would say Elijah represents the prophets. When you think of the prophets, so I think there's enough for me, valid arguments to show that Elijah is definitely one of them. Well, can we say right in Revelation 11, verse 6? Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the ones. Revelation 11, 6. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Okay, who did that? Who did God give power to do mm-hmm. that? Yeah. I mean, you don't even can have I? to... The book of James tells us exactly how long... Um, well, and even just going back to the transfiguration, the presence of Moses and Elijah at the transfiguration. Right. Well, can I read? See, that's another they're reason. Paired together. I mean, to me, I just I want to read black words on white paper. Malachi four five says, "Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord." Okay, so there's one. I mean, that that right yeah. there is enough for me. Now we'd already said that could have been John. So. It could have been if they had believed. If they had believed, because right, Jesus right. says that in Luke eleven. But because they did not believe, they got John. That's right. Right. Because Malachi three is John, Malachi four is Elijah. But what's interesting, Malachi four five, behold, I will send you Elijah. Malachi four four, remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded to him in horror for Israel, statutes and judgments. So he mentions Moses in the very next verse as Elijah. So adding to that also, because all of a sudden it's like rapid fire. It the, is. I'm the sorry. rich man and Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. So in the rich man is in hell. He asks Abraham, right, to to either send. I'm looking. I'm focusing on Luke sixteen twenty nine, where Abraham says to the rich man. Okay, as far as a witness, mm-hmm. they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Mm. Because he wants someone to go witness to his brothers. Yeah. Abraham points to Moses, Moses and, and the, the prophets. prophets. So right. is that what God's doing to Israel? He's going to send them Moses the law and, and the, the prophets. The law and the prophets. Right. And you look at verse 6 and you just think of the power that's given to these men. The first power is to... Make it not rain. Hmm. Yep. Well, James chapter 5, I mean, we can go back yeah, to Kings, of course. Also, oh, a problem. I shut my Bible, so now I've got to go find it again. Um, in James chapter 5, it tells us exactly how long Elijah did it the first time. This is James 5, 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And then it tells us exactly how long. Remember we said the epistle of James is to prepare the nation of Israel for Mm -hmm. tribulation? Mm -hmm. Well, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Exactly. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. So is that not a sign unto the Jews? That's right. It's a sign for them to look to. He's going to turn off the rain. I know that that's not a... (laughs) (laughs) The rain is going... The heavens is going to close as far as the rain. For three and a half years. Okay, look at the last... Which is why the latter rain is not a reference to the church. No. (laughs) The pastors who pray for the latter rain, they don't even know what they're talking about. I don't know. Verse 6, okay, who did God give power to turn water into blood? Hmm. Moses. So you see in verse number 6, well, who did God give power to to smite the earth with plagues? Mm-hmm. Let's Moses. Moses. So I believe verse 6, we don't even have to get outside of verse 6. And, well, who did God give power to do this to the first time? Yeah. 
Well, there's the fire, devouring fire, too, right? Is that reference? Which is Elijah. Elijah, but On also Moses. Yes. Oh, that's because, in verse 5, yeah. Because the uh, Numbers 26 talks about the rebellion of Korah. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says in Numbers 26.10, The earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that company died. What time the fire devoured 250 men, and they became a sign. Right, so, so even... <laughs> You know, who God lived using in, who lived in the fire for forty days. Moses. Oh, Moses! Yeah, on the, yeah. On the top of the mount. Yeah. So you just look at what God is going to give. God already gave these men these things. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is power that they've already had. Um, I'm just like fast forwarding mentally to a time in the tribulation when there will be those that will be devoured by fire in the presence of Moses, and. I would think that those Jews would remember Korah's rebellion. Like it would have... Oh, this that, is, this is uh, uh, I almost a mirrored image, but not even mirrored image. It's an exact replica. Right. They're going to be like, this has happened before. Well, Jude, That's right. it's well back in our text, Jude, Korah is mentioned like two verses yes, later. Right. Yes. So, right. I mean, it's not like it's foreign to their knowledge. Jude mm-hmm. brings it up. I mean, I think we're giving enough, in my opinion, there's enough biblical reasoning to say the two witnesses of Revelation 11 are Moses and Elijah. Right. I mean, I think the three of us right. would say that's who we believe they Now, are. why would the devil not contend over the body of Elijah? Because, because it's not here. Because it's, not, it's, it's here. not on the earth. It's, it's not on the earth. So right. that's why there's no contention for Elijah. Right. Um, but he wants to get control or, or take or whatever you want to say about the, Mo- about the body of Moses because it's still here. Mm-hmm. And he knows... This dude's going to come back, mm-hmm. and I got to keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. Yep, he can't. But you get my point. Yep. So I believe that this is one of the many attempts of the devil to hinder the plan of God, and he the reason for the contention of the body of Moses is to hinder the prophecy of Revelation chapter eleven to prevent the witness. And you can make, someone can make the argument. Well, how did you know, how did the devil even know that it was going to unfold like that? I would say that the, even if the devil did not know the two witnesses' prophecy precisely at that time, because he is limited in knowledge, it would have been significant, not lost to him, yeah. that it's God that ends the life of Moses. It's God that buries the body of Moses. And he is going to know that if God himself oversaw the burial and preserve, preservation of the body of Moses, yeah, yeah. something's going on. Yeah. Something's up. So Red flags. Red flags. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? Well, all three times in the temptation of Christ, Christ quotes Moses, Moses. the law of Moses, mm-hmm. to the devil. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. to say, and, and to say that the devil does not have access to the Word of God... Yeah, he, sure. he, he reads, used, the, same, he he reads used, the same words. He used the yeah. words with Eve. Yeah. He twisted them, obviously. Yeah. Right. But uh, He reads the same words we, we read. So so that is that is my understanding of the reason for Jude yeah. contention of the body. What we don't know is when the contention took place. Took place. Like that's probably the, the variable is you that's don't know point. when it yeah. took place. Right. But, to say when, yeah. 
Now, I believe we can tell when his body's going to be resurrected. Sure. Mm-hmm. But when does this happen, Jude, Jude verse 9? Nine. Nine. Don't know. Yeah. Not right. for sure. It may have taken place after the revelation of the two witnesses, the two candlesticks that was given to Zechariah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like if you have yeah. to place it, yeah. it could have been then. It could have been right after Moses died. Yeah. Yep. Satan is not omnipresent or omniscient. He wouldn't have had knowledge. Okay, now all of a sudden Joshua's in charge of the nation. Where's Moses? Right. What yeah. happened yeah. to him? <laughs> right, right, no, I'm right, just, right. I'm just yeah. thinking sure. logically. It, yeah. could have, it could have happened right after Moses yeah. died. Yep. Yeah. Um, He's going, yeah. That's, you know, I never thought of it like that. We give Satan pa- shows up. Hey, wait. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Where's we, this? we give power to Satan that he, does not he just have. does not have. Yeah. He is not omni-anything. Mm-hmm. He's not. So I do not believe, obviously, Satan did not witness the death of Moses, or else why would he... Why would he start... Yeah, that's right. Right. He would have seen exactly where everything happened. Right. But right. anyway, I, I think today, for those of you who are listening, we're probably going to end it there. Um, just using the Bible, seeing the Bible as a whole instead of a bunch of pieces, but seeing the Bible as a whole trying to give answer. Um, But at the end of the day, for the New Testament believer, I don't plan to be around in Revelation chapter number 11. So if you're fearful about knowing this because you're going to have to go through something, well, if you need help with your security in Christ, Uh, Please seek someone out, your pastor or someone who could be able to help you with that. Um, But that is, uh, anything else you want to say before we head out for the day? I think we're good. Awesome. Well, we're sure glad that you came to be with us. We're going to try to get a whole lot more episodes to you from Backwoods Theology.